Welcome to the Ask the Estate Agent podcast, here to give you the knowledge and inspiration to take the next steps in the world of property. Your weekly dose of property market updates, top tips on buying, selling, renting and investing in property. From your expert estate agents and through interviews with industry specialists. We're here to answer your questions. So here's your host, serial entrepreneur and estate agent, David Thomas. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of Ask the Estate Agent podcast. Today's episode is a hot topic for landlords and tenants at the moment, and that is selective licensing. So what we're going to look at today is what is selective licensing and what does it mean for both landlords and tenants? So let's get stuck straight into the subject and try and give you a bit of an understanding and how it might affect you. Now, landlords... You know, we have a lot of uh, regulations to bear in mind and a failure to obviously deal with these and and be aware of them can have negative consequences on your investment. So one issue that many landlords across the country have to contend with at the moment is selective licensing. Now, this is obviously dependent on your local council and your local authority, whether they wish to bring this in. But my estate agency, Liberty Gate, based in Nottingham, are currently having to work closely now with uh, landlords regarding the selective licensing coming into force this summer. And many landlords have big concerns about what this means for them. So in this podcast, I aim to outline what selective licensing is about and just make sure that you're aware of all the different angles and how it might affect you. So the selective licensing scheme requires private landlords to hold basically a license for a period of time. And this enables them to rent the property to tenants when a licensing scheme is in force in that area. This move basically places local council authorities in greater control over the rental market and will require landlords to meet certain standards if they wish to rent out their property. The licensing can be used only when the local authority believes that the scheme will aid in reducing or eliminating problems within the housing market. Some of the problems that are deemed relevant to the issuing of a licensing scheme include the area has a low level of housing demand, there's been a persistent and significant antisocial behaviour problem in the area, there's a significant volume of privately rented properties that are in poor condition, there are prominent levels of deprivation in the area, there has been a significant level of migration in the area, or there are significant levels of crime in the area. Now, a license is granted on properties for a maximum of five years, and the license is not transferable to a new landlord or property owner. And having dealt with the council myself today in regards to this scheme, it's also non-refundable. So if your circumstances change, even a week, a month, two months into a five-year license, you can't transfer it and you can't get a refund. So firstly then, how can a landlord obtain a license? As you'd expect, there are conditions attached to the license and the authority will be looking to prove that firstly, the license holder is a fit and proper person. Secondly, the license holder is the most appropriate person to hold the license. Thirdly, if the proposed manager of the property is different from the license holder, that they are also an appropriate person. So this is likely to be your managing agent if you use an agent to manage the property. 
And lastly, the proposed management arrangements are deemed to be satisfactory. So all of these things the council will assess before granting a license. There are also conditions attached to the license that must be met. Uh, the mandatory conditions are a gas safety certificate must be supplied if there is a gas supply to the property. All electrical appliances are maintained in a safe condition. Now, some councils will be doing this through certification. Some will want some other form of agreement that it is in a safe condition. Thirdly, all furniture is maintained in a safe condition. Fourthly, a written statement of the terms of occupancy is provided to the tenant or occupier of the property. And lastly, that references are obtained from people wishing to occupy the property. There are then also discretionary conditions attached to the scheme, which include a requirement for the landlord to undertake reasonable steps to ensure antisocial behaviour doesn't occur at the property, and restrictions may be placed on the use of certain parts of the property. So these are discretionary conditions that local authorities and councils can bring into to their scheme. So if all these conditions are met, it's likely that a license will be granted, but it should be remembered that the issuing of a license is still at the authority's discretion. Next then, can a license be revoked? The short and obvious answer to this question is yes, and there are several reasons why a license may be revoked, including there's been a serious breach or repeated breaches of any condition of the license, if the license holder is deemed to no longer be a fit and proper person, the license can be revoked, and it's also possible for the license to be revoked if the property becomes structurally defective. So next, what sanctions are available when a property hasn't been licensed? So this is what can happen if you don't apply within the time period and you don't have a license in place. So if a person manages or controls a property that does not have a license when they're required to have one, they are committing an offence. This could lead to the offender being faced with a fine on conviction. But as of the 6th of April 2017 it has been possible for local authorities to impose a civil penalty of up to £30,000 on offenders. This obviously stands as an alternative to prosecution. So councils could move to do this civil action straight away rather than go through the legal prosecution route. Some of the sanctions that offenders could receive include a rent repayment order or RRO and this applies when a property has been let without a license when it should have a license. Next, a banning order may be imposed on a landlord or agent, preventing you from letting property again. And a landlord may be prevented from serving a Section 21 notice when they don't hold a license. If a landlord or owner has a right of appeal, the appeal should be made within 28 days of a decision being made and the appeal is made to the first tier tribunal. You can see from what we've just gone through, you know, there are some good intentions behind the selective licensing scheme, but a lot of landlords naturally worry about the impact on both them as a business and the tenants. Whenever there's a new regulation imposed, you know, there tends to be some financial cost to landlords, and even though the long-term benefits should improve the housing stock, there will be costs and issues to contend with in the short term. 
For tenants, there's a natural worry that these increased costs to landlords could result in rent increases, which has been the result in some areas that selective licensing has been put in place already. They've seen significant rent increases as a result of landlords no longer investing and and pulling out of the buy-to-let sector. And this then is meaning there isn't the stock anymore. Landlords aren't investing, they're not bringing the properties to the rental market, and therefore there's there's less stock, so rents will increase. So only time will tell whether the government has worked this out accurately as to the impact on the housing market in the medium to long term. In the meantime, it's a question of getting yourself compliant as a landlord and communicating well with your landlord or letting agent if you are a tenant so that the testing and inspecting that's required for the licensing process can be completed quickly and with the least amount of disruption to you as a tenant. So to ensure that you're fully informed about selective licensing schemes and whether it's applicable in your area at the moment, please contact your local authority, your council, or if your properties are let through a managing agent, contact them and they will be able to update you specifically in regards to your property. Now, not all areas are bringing this in and it is certain councils that are doing it at the moment. So just double check, double check with your local authority, speak to your managing agent and and make sure you're aware if it is coming in that you're prepared. The best place to then get all the information is the local authority websites. They're crammed full of information and guides on the licensing if it is coming in in your area. So they really are your first point of call for all the detail on what is required. So that concludes today's episode on selective licensing, hopefully giving you an overview of what it is and what you will need to do if it is coming into your area. I hope you found it useful and that it's given you a few pointers, whether you're already a landlord or a tenant, and particularly if you're considering your first investment property as well, it's worth considering if this is coming into your area or already in that local area. The topic is certainly one to understand and factor in when choosing a location to purchase your investment properties as it does have a financial impact. So I hope you found it useful and I just want to say thanks again for listening and don't forget to contact us with any subjects you'd like us to cover or questions you would like answering in the coming episodes. You can do this through our website asktheestateagent.co.uk or through our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All the links will be in the show notes so please do reach out to us Ask us those burning questions that are uh, holding you back on the property market. And that's what we're here for. So thanks again for listening. And until next time, it's goodbye for now. We look forward to answering your property questions and helping you with your next move. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Estate Agent podcast.